In a world of what are yous, welcome to the place where the answer is always human. My name is Natalie and you're listening to Some Kind of Brown, a podcast about mixed and multiracial life, current events, and ways to build the best life by a southern girl who's trying to figure it out for herself. Welcome to another episode of Some Kind of Brown. Something I touched about in my last episode was representation and how it's really grown in the last 10 years, and that's something I really want to focus on today. I was definitely a weird kid, as you'll probably discover through this podcast, and not much has changed. When I was younger, my concept of race was black and white, and I had no understanding of anything else. All I saw were people who looked like my dad, like my mom, and every other brown person was like me. My favorite Disney characters were Pocahontas and Mulan, no joke. I ran around the house in either one of those costumes and knew every single word to those movies. As far as I was concerned, they were the same race. Why? Because they both vaguely looked like me. That's enough for a kid, right? At this time, I had long relaxed hair and saw absolutely no difference. I would sit in front of the TV and I remember very vividly this scene in Pocahontas where she's braiding her hair and Miko, the little raccoon, takes over and I would braid my hair at the same time. Keep in mind, I was seven when Mulan was released and four when Pocahontas came out. Maybe that will give you some insight into my childish mindset. I had trouble identifying with the very few black characters in kids shows back in the 90s and early 2000s because they didn't look like me. And like I said in the first episode, I was made painfully aware that I wasn't white as soon as I started school. And while I faced that pressure on the school side, the strangest part was I faced another kind of pressure on the family side. When I was younger, I was always around my dad's side of the family. His older brothers kept that side of the family very close. We were always at someone's house for some kind of barbecue or get-together or just to hang out. I had my classmates defining my race on one side and then my cousins defining my race from the other. My older family members never made me feel like I didn't belong, but the differences were apparent and pointed out frequently. My cousins mocked me for my light skin, for the fact that I took ballet and didn't know how to dance like a black girl. I remember vividly my second cousin standing on my bed and trying to teach me how my hips worked and laughing so hard she nearly fell off the bed. She told me I needed to learn how to dance like a black girl and my little ballet body just didn't know how to move. I loved my family, and I still do, but as a child, I felt like an outsider. We didn't listen to the same music, either. Until the age of about 13, my parents barely let us listen to anything other than Christian music. Except for family gatherings, I felt wholly separated from the black side of myself. It was confusing for a child, and I dealt with it by empathizing with characters who, to my eyes, were just brown like me. My favorite character for a long time was Kira from Titan A.E., If you remember that movie, I adore you. Did I realize she was Japanese? No. It completely went over my head. Even if someone had told me she was Japanese, I don't think I really would have understood. I didn't really have a concept of what Asian was as a race. It wasn't until about fourth grade when I really encountered someone who was of Asian descent. Luckily, things have gotten a lot better in the media. There are loads of mixed and multiracial people in the media now, and kids have a lot of people to look up to that look like them. People who validate and confirm their existence in the larger world. We have people like Zendaya, Meghan Markle, who I'm going to be talking about in the next podcast episode, and so many others who are open about their ethnicity and how they identify in a world that 
really hasn't represented us. I'm so proud of how many people there are in the media who celebrate that part of themselves and that kids will grow up seeing that. I wish that I had, but I appreciate seeing all the different shades of people on TV. And not only do you have TV, you have other forms of media that are extremely popular like YouTube. One of my first encounters with someone in the media, including YouTube, was Andrea's Choice. When I was 17, I decided I wanted to start wearing makeup, and I had absolutely no clue what I was doing. When I was 17, we're talking about 2008, around then, 2008, 2009. YouTube was still a relatively new platform then. So when I wanted to learn how to do my makeup, I was looking up makeup tutorials and the majority of the makeup tutorials were being done by white girls. And my face wasn't shaped like them. Their foundation recommendations didn't match me. The way they wanted to shade their faces didn't quite suit my face. The way they wanted to do their eye makeup just didn't look right. And I struggled to find someone who looked like me so I could learn how to put makeup on my own face. The first couple channels I ended up watching were Michelle Phan, who's a legend, and Bub's Beauty. Those were the biggest influences on how I learned how to do my makeup initially because they were closer to my skin tone and closer to my general facial features than some of the white YouTubers were. And then I found Andrea's Choice. And she is this beautiful mixed girl with long curly hair. And I was so jealous of her hair. I remember that. And our shades were relatively similar. So I finally had someone who looked like me whose face was relatively ambiguous like mine and had similar features. And I could learn how to do my makeup. Wearing makeup is such a big deal as a teenager, and as you get older, I feel like some of us fall off of the makeup train. But as far as being a teenager and wanting to look beautiful, there wasn't anyone around for me to learn from. And having Andrea on her channel was such a big deal to me and made me so excited about wearing makeup as a teenager. In honor of National Minority Health Month, I want to start off talking about happiness and what it really means to be happy. Because the older I get and the more I go through in my life, I realize that happiness is a choice. Everyone wants to be happy. There are so many books and movies and whole YouTube channels dedicated to help people become happy, but the biggest thing I've discovered is that it's almost like a muscle you have to exercise. The more you choose to be happy, the more you choose to do things that make you happy, the more you change your perspective, the stronger that muscle grows and your outlook on life changes. I am addicted to documentaries, and one of my favorite documentaries to this day is called Happy and I believe it's still on Netflix at the moment. It depicts people in what we would probably consider extreme circumstances, and yet through all their hardships, they are immensely happy. I almost feel like one of the biggest first world problems is that we just don't know how to be happy anymore. Part of it is how we measure happiness, I think. It's so closely linked to success, especially in the US. It creates this weird dichotomy where we don't understand why people who are successful aren't happy and the rest of us can only be happy if we achieve this certain level of recognition or reach a certain tax bracket. In reality, we can be happy without those things. 
Security and happiness are different things, just as circumstances don't necessarily determine happiness either. It's a shift in perspective. While having security is a big influence on your quality of life, it's not necessary to see the beauty in everyday life despite struggling. I think in order to be happy, you need to know who you are, give yourself time to do what you love, to replenish yourself, to learn to look at your life and circumstances in a different way. In every situation, there's one thing that is certain you can control, and that's how you respond. Let's take Mondays, for instance. Social media is full of people almost resigning themselves to a doomed fate on Mondays. Here we are, back at the grind. Someone give me coffee. If instead we woke up on Monday and said, or thought to ourselves first thing in the morning, this is the beginning of a new moment, a new opportunity for something good to happen. It might sound silly, but the way you think really shapes your experiences. If you go through your week expecting bad things, that's all you'll see and look for. But if you're expecting good things and looking for those little happy moments, you'll retrain your mind to see these things and value them more. I know in my life this is one of the biggest struggles. I have a chronic illness and there are a lot of times I wake up and I'm in pain. So finding something that makes me happy, finding something that will uplift me despite being in pain is a struggle. But if I didn't, I would spend the entire day in bed with so much anxiety and depression that I just wouldn't know how to go on. It's a slow process and sometimes things happen and it's really difficult, but happiness is something you have to choose and actively work towards. You may not have a chronic illness or hate Mondays, but there's going to be something that you face in your life that tries to steal your happiness, to steal your joy. But I challenge you in that moment to stop and take a breath and realize that this is just a moment. And in this moment, there might be something bad, but it's nothing you can't deal with, and there's always another moment ahead. I'll be talking about this and some other strategies that I'm trying to employ in my own life to make myself happier and enjoy life more in future podcasts. But I hope that choosing to be happy is something that sticks with you. Check out the documentary Happy. Explore more of what makes you happy and see what you can do in your daily life to shift your mindset to look at the good things and accept the bad as a moment that's going to pass. I just want to thank you for listening to this first episode of Some Kind of Brown. There will be new episodes up every Monday. You can find me on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Some Kind of Brown. And be sure to check out somekindofbrown.com for show notes and more information. Thank you to purpleplanet.com for our theme song, Love Life. And I'll see you next Monday with some more Shades of Brown. <laughs>